Thank you for joining us in our study of the book of Revelations. Today on Drawing Near, we witness the sounding of the seventh trumpet. During this trumpet sounding, the bold judgments will be poured out, and the events that precede the ultimate rule and reign of Christ will occur. So please open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 11, and join us for Loud Voices in Heaven. Before we read God's Word, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and the blessings of life that you provide for us. As we come before you in worship and in study, we ask that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to your Word. Give us discernment and wisdom. Help us to know the truth. And Father, work in our hearts and lives according to that truth. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus that we pray. Amen. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, we read, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven. Isn't it amazing how many times so far in these first 11 chapters that we have heard loud noises in heaven, loud voices, lightnings, thunderings, the voices of the elders, the voices of the creatures, the angels, the praise from the uncountable multitude. Over and over again, we're told that there are loud noises. Everything that's done in heaven seems to be loud. When there is praise, there is loud praise. When there is an announcement made or a declaration, it's loud. And I believe it's because that whatever comes from the throne or the activity around the throne, those who are responding are not intimidated. They are bold. They do what they do loudly. In stark contrast, much of what happens in the church today seems to be done kind of muted or quietly. People are afraid to sing out. People are afraid to testify out loud. Our witnesses seem to be squelched to some degree. I look forward to the day when in heaven, all that we do for the glory of God will be done loudly. We will no longer be hampered by our flesh, aware of those around us, have our worship inhibited because of our self-awareness or our self-consciousness. We will be fully in the Spirit, fully freed from our carnal nature, and we will be able to worship the way God originally intended. We are told further on in verse 15 what these loud voices in heaven were saying. We read, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Do those words sound familiar? They should. They're some of the verses quoted in the Hallelujah Chorus a chorus that is often sung at Christmas time. And those words come from this passage in Revelation. In heaven, these loud voices cry out, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. What has sparked this kind of praise or this kind of singing and rejoicing in heaven? Where does this worship come from? 
Well, we could say that it comes from just the fact that God is on his throne and the Lord Jesus Christ has taken the scroll that the judgments are unleashed. But what is happening here is the culmination of this ages-long battle between God and Satan, between God and his followers and Satan and the fallen angels. God has been demonstrating so far in this book of Revelation his complete sovereignty and rule over all creation. The judgments have fallen. People have continued to get saved in huge numbers, and yet unbelievers, the rebellious sinners, have continued to be judged. God's power is evident everywhere. God is in control. He is the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is his promised Messiah and Savior. But not only are they looking back to what has already taken place, these are looking forward to what is about to come. Remember, the seventh angel has sounded, and what is about to come forth is even greater evidence of God's power and sovereignty over all creation. The kingdoms of this world, all of mankind's kingdoms, have become the kingdoms of God, our Lord, and of his Christ. God is King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the promised one, who will sit on the throne of David forever. And that's what we're told at the end of verse 15. And he shall reign forever and ever. The Lord Jesus Christ will reign over God's creation for eternity. There is coming a time when all that we know on this earth, this sinful fallen earth, this rebellious earth with its rebellious kingdoms that are out for their own good and their own gain and their own glory, all of those are going to be brought down, and the Lord Jesus Christ is going to sit on the one throne forever and ever. We are told in verse 16 that when these loud voices erupt in this praise, the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God. I hope we see here that the heavenly worship is loud with this loud chorus of voices, but it is also humble, which is evidenced by the 24 elders who rise up from their throne and fall on their faces humbly before God and worship. And we also see here that worship in one part of heaven with these loud voices draws in the worship of others. Worship leads to worship. When one person or one group begins worshiping and praising God, the Holy Spirit works in the hearts and lives of other people to draw them into that worship. And in verse 17, we see that the elders don't simply fall on their faces and worship. They worship saying the following. We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come. Because you have taken your great power and reigned, the nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. In the worship of the elders, we see a few things. First of all, this worship 
is a worship of thanksgiving. They say, we give you thanks. So they're thanking God for something. They also acknowledge who God is. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Lord. He's the master. He's the king. He's the ruler. He's the one true God, and he is almighty. He has all power. He rules and he reigns absolutely. They go on and say that he is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. That's another way of saying he is eternal. God has no beginning and no end. God is. He told Moses when he said, Who shall I say has sent me? God says, Tell them, I am has sent you. God is eternally existent. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. And then we see at the end of verse 17 the reason for the thanksgiving. The elders say, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The reason that the elders are thankful is because God has now, at this point in time, brought everything under his power and control, and he is reigning absolutely. The kingdoms of the earth have been, and in the coming judgments, will be put in their place. The kingdoms will topple, and the Lord Jesus Christ will reign over all of God's creation. And so these elders are giving thanks for this. They're not simply acknowledging it. They're thankful that the time of sin and the time of rebellion and destruction is coming to an end because God is going to bring it to an end. We see this in their praise in verse 18. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. God's judgment has come to deal with the nations. And the time of the dead that they should be judged, that has come. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, that time has come. In other words, in the verses and the pages that are unfolded under the sounding of this seventh trumpet, all of these things will be concluded, and Jesus Christ will come victoriously to the earth and bring everything under his rule and reign. The elders rejoice and give thanks because all that we have awaited since the fall of Adam in the garden will finally come to pass. Then in verse 19 we read, Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in the temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. Accompanying this worship and praise is the opening of the temple of God in heaven, and the Ark of His Covenant, the center of Jewish worship, is seen in the temple. God is not only going to judge all the kingdoms of the earth, reward all of those who have been faithful to Him, judge all of the rebellious sinners, but He is going to conclude his covenant with Israel. I believe that's evident in verse 19. Everything is about to come to a triumphant climax. Father in heaven, we join with those in heaven in rejoicing over your great sovereignty, your rule, and your reign. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are he who is, 
who was, who is to come. We bow before you, Father, humbly, acknowledging your your lordship over us and all of creation. Thank you so much, Father, for making known to us the gospel message through faith in Jesus Christ, that you have forgiven us of our sins and that you welcome us in as your adopted children. Father, we're so grateful for our salvation and for the knowledge that you give us of your plans and purposes. Lord, we await all of these things because we know ultimately this will bring you glory, honor, and praise. Guide and direct us as we await the return of Christ. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.